forever. See, I got the stitch to my tie here. I just grin at him and I tell him, uh, I want to buy a diamond. Yeah, it's $700. I got a pair of rubies set in my other set of false teeth. And I got one that I'm having some, uh, some zircons put in and, uh, it's uh, going to be a good year. <laughs> oh, it'll, it'll never stop, friends. Don't, don't count on it stopping. 1973 looks already like it's going to be a fantastic year for Bill Dockery. It's going to be a really good year. Good year. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day to you. Happy Valentine's Day. Hey, I wanted to... Uh, uh, that reminds me, guy with diamonds in his teeth. Uh, I'll award a brass fig leggy with bronze oak leaf palm. And that, that is a really genuine bronze oak leaf palm for listener service above and beyond the ordinary muck of listenerdom. Is your chance to rise above the mire of the mob. Uh, who else had diamonds in his teeth? A famous man. Had diamonds in his teeth. Diamonds. Who was that? Oh, happy Val. We'll award a brass figliggy with bronze oak leaf palm tonight for for really outstanding duty to American culture. I'll give you a clue. He was an American. Happy birthday to you. No, no, it's Valentine's Day. Hey, by the way, that brings up a point. Who was this Valentine anyway? I mean, it, it, Valentine's Day is named after somebody. Who was it? Valentine. There was a Valentine that played with the Washington Senators for a while. No, he wasn't very good either. So uh, it isn't him. I'm, I know that. It ain't him at all. But I'm just asking a question here. Who was the Valentine <laughs> that that was named after? You know, Valentine's Day is a, a traumatic day for many people. We'd like to also salute, uh, as uh, I haven't uh, sent out a Valentine here today, really. And uh, we'd like to salute a lady. We ought to send her out a, an electronic, immediate valentine here to Ella Smart Richardson. She's one of the few truly honest ladies that I've heard of. You know, honest people of any type. I've heard of them a long time. Ella Smart Richardson just came in today. And uh, she was asked, uh, you know, uh, the usual question of anybody who lives to be 100 years old. She just had her 100-year-old birthday yesterday. And, you know, they always say, how, how come you lived so long? What is your secret? And Mrs. Richardson replied with incredible truth, Well, uh, let's see, what was the question again? Well, uh, Mrs. Uh, Richardson, uh, Mrs. Ella Smart Richardson, would you please tell us for our radio and television audience, uh, what is the secret of your longevity? Of your longevity, please. What is your secret? Well, uh, my longevity, well, actually, I put raisins in it, and I... Let it sit in a while there in a cool place. And, uh... No, no, Mrs. Uh, uh, Mrs. Richardson, we're, we're speaking about your life. You're 100 years old today. Now, please tell us, uh, how is it that you live to be 100 years old? What is the secret? Uh, there. No, Diamond Jim Brady did not have diamonds in his teeth. Now, wait. Now, don't get angry now. Come on. Be calm now. We're doing a radio show. We're not having an argument. We'll save that until afterwards. Diamond Jim Brady did not have diamonds set in his teeth. 
I did not ask who Norton's wife was. What the devil is that doing up there? I have no idea what that's up for. <laughs> no, I think you're talking to, to Big Ed Slobberman, who's down the dial doing a telephone show. That, that's not my show. I, <laughs> I don't know. Is it a full moon in addition to being Valentine's Day, Ed? What is this? Yes, sir, that's my baby. Don't say, don't mean maybe. Diamond Jim Brady was not famous for having... Uh, for having diamonds in his teeth, friends. Diamond Jim Brady was famous for having large diamond rings, and he had an enormous diamond gold, diamond and platinum locomotive, which was a tie clip which he wore due to the fact that he had made a lot of money flim-flamming the railroad business for a long time. And he had a big diamond locomotive. He also had a diamond-headed cane, I understand, but no diamonds in his teeth, as far as I know. That wouldn't have gone over well with Lily Langtree or Sarah Bernhardt, or wherever it is he drank uh, champagne out of his slippers with. <laughs> yes, sir, it is. Hey, is there anybody out there tonight who, who was actually drunk champagne out of a slipper? I mean, you know, this is a big romantic thing, and occasionally Paul Henri would almost verge on it in the movies with Ingrid Bergman. Or was it Ingmar Bergman? Ingrid, yeah. Uh, yes, that's quite true. Uh, dee, 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 dee. Bring it up there, Big Ed. That's fine. And so today, since man is a civilized creature, he has many forms of love. No longer does he stop at just loving, you know, some other person. Now he loves his car, he loves his life, he loves the style of his walk, the way he wears his hair, he loves it all. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Edward. Yes, somebody was right. The Jelly Roll Morton, who was a very famous early jazz pianist, wore diamonds in his teeth. Are you aware of that? And uh, he used to sit there at the piano, and once in a while he'd, when the, you know, when the when the night was getting real good, he would just open his trap and he'd flash those big diamonds at the crowd. And he even had a spotlight set when he was playing. It was hooked to the top of the piano. So he's playing away there, you know, he played uh, real good, you know. He played in, uh, well, he played in uh, places of uh, commercial love when he began his career throughout the New Orleans area. And he thought he'd add a little to his act. And he had a couple of diamonds set in his front teeth. And uh, he'd, uh, he'd be sitting there playing away. And the place is dark. So everybody's watching him. And then, and then he would he would kick with his his left foot. He would kick a switch that would turn on a little a little flash a little tiny flash spot. He go he would turn, give a big grin, and the flash spot would pick up those two magnificent diamonds in his front teeth, and it was always good for a tremendous uproar. One night he was even uh, he was even held up. Uh, two guys got him in an alley and tried to take his diamonds, and he admitted. Uh, oh, we have with us the House of Chan tonight, their Chinese restaurant. And uh, they don't throw diamonds in the wonton soup, but uh, you'll find that the food is great down there. It's at uh, 52nd and 7th, depending on whether you live downtown or live uptown. It's up or down. It's right in the middle of Manhattan, 52nd. and So you couldn't get more in the middle of Manhattan, really. 52nd and 7th Avenues, and they're in business for something like 35 years. Mr. Chan is still there. There is, a, there is a Mr. Chan, by the way. You know that a lot of Chinese restaurants have have uh, 
so like pen names. They're not, they're not really named after any real people. But the House of Chan is Mr. Chan. He's there. And uh, he's been there for 35 years, overseeing the 22 walks that turn out that great stuff. They're open seven days a week. They have a bar. And uh, you'll find they'll get you out in time for a show if you're going to the movies. Or, you know, opening up a new porny or something like that. You want to go there fortified. Hey, would you like to hear some... Uh, since we're on a, uh, a, va- a Valentine kick here tonight. Uh, yes, I did. I- I'm not kidding. I did see a heart-shaped meatloaf. What What do you want? Well, I did give the station break, didn't I? Well, I'll give it again. doesn't matter. This is WOR New York. I mean, you know, you couldn't mistake this station at this hour for anything other than it is. <laughs> I mean, believe me, this is WOR New York. And that will be here, you know around. You know, it's uh, Valentine. I, I, uh, it's a traumatic time for many people, the Valentine's Day. Uh, you, you, sometimes you can you have a year when you're totally shut out. Uh, nothing happens. You get one for your mother. That's not very exciting. You didn't even get one from your mother, Ed? You mean, uh, you mean <laughs> Eddie Zajac here didn't even say nobody? <laughs> oh, my God. knew you too, Lee? Oh, well, we'll take care of that. <laughs> oh, gee. Oh, oh, that's really bad. Well, I got one Valentine. I'll concede. I got a Valentine mailed to me, and it was from Young and Rubicam. Huh? What'd you say, Lee? Excuse me. We're getting a report from the office here. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. I got one from my publisher and uh, Margot, and I got one from Young and Rubicam. And uh, it kind of bugged me, the one from Young and Rubicam. They called me Bob Shepard. And uh, so uh, what was worse, Ms. Bob Shepard. I don't know what the... must be some strange people working out there in the commercial world these days. But I got it, and I, I was kind of pleased. And uh, Young and Rubicam sent me one. I don't know why they sent me one. We've had our words from time to time. But it was kind of touching getting it. It is, uh, you know, to get a valentine from an ad agency it somehow adds, adds a little touch of humanity to this business <laughs> yeah well uh <laughs> but uh, i i uh i i uh, had a traumatic uh, time once uh, in valentine day i'm not going to tell you the story because it's pretty sickening and i don't want to talk about it but uh it was uh hey you know uh, valentine's day is essentially a kid thing you agree ed and uh i I was right in the middle of that Valentine mystique one point, and uh, I had this teacher named Miss Robinette, and she, you know, a usual thing they do. I guess they don't do that in school anymore, you know, because of psychology now. They have all kinds of psychological things, and they're not going to let a kid get traumatized when he doesn't get any Valentine. So, you know, so uh, we had this box that Miss uh, Robinette put on the on the uh, front desk there, covered with white crepe paper with red hearts all over it, little cupids and stuff. And she said, uh, boys and girls, uh, it's going to be Valentine's Day. We're going to have a Valentine's Day party. And uh, we're going to exchange Valentine's. So you just put your Valentine's in the slot in the top here. And uh, we did. And I had my eye on Patty Romaley. What a what a chick. There was a Patty Romaley in our class. Every class has one. Uh, there's no question about it. Just every class has a girl who is so outstandingly sensational. 
that uh, 90% of the male population in the class are totally in love with her and figure that they can't even get, you know, within seven miles of her. But they always try. And uh, this is the thing that keeps the race going. And so uh, I, I figured, well, you know, I, I didn't say anything to anybody about it. I didn't mention that the Schwartz or Flick or anything. I, I went home and I, we were supposed to make our own Valentine's and I made this giant Valentine and addressed it to Patty Romaley. Well, I could, it was so big I could hardly get it in the box. You know, it stuffed it down in the box. It had the little, uh, little uh, strips of uh, paper lace hanging all over it. I got, a, I got a Valentine kit on how to, you know, making Valentines. You can get kits like that at Woolworth. Came with little red hearts and little ding dongs you stick on it and stuff. Well, I made this beautiful Valentine, and I stuck it in the box. And I don't want to talk anymore about it. Even to this day, it bugs me. Bugs me, you hear? Bugs me. It's okay. <laughs> it bugs me. <laughs> I stuck it in the box. Oh, well. Well, time who... What is it The time does all... Yeah, time wounds all heals. But somebody put it that way. That's true. Every heel I know has been wounded by time. But, uh... <laughs> I knew you'd laugh. <laughs> Hi, George. Yeah, uh, but uh, well, since it is Valentine's Day, it's a very sentimental day here. Did you know that guys have written poetry about Valentine's Day? You know, it's not not love poetry, but Valentine's Day poetry. For example, here's a great Valentine poem. Do you love me, or do you not? You told me once, but I forgot. That's the theme for any one of Edward Albee's plays. <laughs> got a great. He puts it in four succinct lines. Here's one. I got a valentine from Timmy, Jimmy, Tilly, Billy, Nicky, Mickey, Ricky, Dicky, Laura, Nora, Cora, Flora, Donnie, Ronnie, Lonnie, Connie. Eva even sent me two. But I didn't get none from you. There's another. Yeah, you see? You just can't win in this world. Now give me... Uh, uh, give me a little of that uh, soft, uh, that soft, uh, quiet uh, Romeo and Juliet music there. I'll, I'll read a bit of uh, uh, love poetry. This is called A Pavan for the Nursery. Now, touch the air softly. Step gently. One, two. <laughs> I'll love you till roses are robin's egg blue. Yes, I'll love you till... Gravel is eaten for bread, and lemons are orange, and lavender's red. Now, touch the air softly. Swing gently the broom. I'll love you till windows are all of a room, and the table is laid, and the table is bare, and the ceiling reposes on bottomless air. Yes, I'll love you till heaven rips the stars from his coat and the moon rows away in a glass-bottomed boat and Orion steps down like a diver below and earth is ablaze, an ocean aglow. So, touch the air softly and swing the broom high. We will dust the gray mountains and sweep the blue sky and I'll love you long as the furrow the plow as however is ever, and ever is now. <laughs> Isn't that nice? 
Uh, it's, a, it's called a pavan for the nursery. The moon shall be a darkness. The stars give no light. If ever I prove false to my heart's delight. In the middle of the ocean, green grow the myrtle tree. If ever I prove false to my love that loves me. Isn't that lovely? Oh, my love's like a red, red rose that's newly sprung in June. My love's like the melody that's sweetly played in tune. As fair art thou, my bonnie lass, so deep in love am I. And I will love thee still, my dear, till the seas gang dry. Till the seas gang dry, my dear, and the rocks melt with the sun. I will love thee still, my dear, while the sands of life shall run. And fare thee well, my only love, and fare thee well a while. And I will come again, my love, though it were 10,000 miles. Isn't that lovely? Who wrote that one? Robert Burns. Bobby Burns. Bobby Burns. Yeah, he was a goodie with the... Yeah, the uh, emotional. But that's... Uh, here's a kind of a nice... We reset that one again. That was kind of good. Uh, that, that makes a nice bit of music for Valentine. Valentine Day stuff. You know, this is an age, uh, of course, when, when nobody... Everybody has all kinds of printed sentiments. In other words, uh, people don't hesitate at all to put little flowers on their Volkswagen. You've seen those little roses. And they don't hesitate to wear buttons that say love. And uh, they wear pins and brooches that say love all over them. And, and uh, they put the little love bumper stickers all over their car. And yet, it is a, it is a sentiment that is rapidly being very difficult for people to actually say. In other words, we're in the age of printed media. <laughs> where Guys put it on their bumpers, but they don't live that way. And uh, it's a, it's a curious, uh, you know, it's a curious contradiction. It isn't really a contradiction, I suppose. I think we're in the age of public display, which doesn't have much to do with reality. Uh, here's a kind of a nice little piece. I will make you brooches and toys for your delight. A bird song at morning and star shine at night. I will make a palace fit for you and me of green days in forests and blue days at sea. I will make my kitchen, and you shall keep your room, where white flows the river and bright blows the broom. And you shall wash your linen and keep your body white in rainfall at morning and dewfall at night. And this shall be for music when no one else is near, the fine song for singing, the rare song to hear, that only I remember, that only you admire, of the broad road that stretches and the roadside fire. Who was that? That was an interesting one. A guy you would never expected to write like that. That was Robert Louis Stevenson. R.L.S. All right, here's a curious one. Uh, this is a... This is one... Uh, reset that one. This is an odd one. See if you, see if you recognize uh, this one. This, uh, this one uh, has, has curious overtones of familiarity. Of all the girls that are so smart, there's none like pretty Sally. She's the darling of my heart, and she lives in our alley. 
There is no lady in the land that's half so sweet as Sally. She is the darling of my heart, and she lives in our alley. Of all the days that's in the week, I dearly love but one day, and that's the day that comes betwixt a Saturday and a Monday, for then I'm dressed all in my best to walk abroad with Sally. She is the darling of my heart, and she lives in our alley. When Christmas comes about again, oh, then I shall have money. I'll hoard it up and box it all. I'll give it to my honey. I would, it were 10,000 pounds. I'd give it all to Sally. She is the darling of my heart, and she lives in our alley. Now, that's kind of a nice one, isn't it? That's written by Henry Carey. Henry Carey. Let's see, we, uh... I wish I had some, some real, real Shakespearean love sonnets here tonight. That's the big time. That goes all the way. Here's, here's one. Oh, here's one about, uh, about the Valentine himself. The guy after which Valentine is named. So uh, lay this one uh, on me, Ed, please. A little quiet music here. They tend to... Oh, here it is. Uh, this happened in the year 240. Hey, that's interesting. This happened in the year 240 under Claudius II. And uh, Claudius had him in a slam, apparently. Or at least Claudius's minions. And uh, Valentine... What nationality was Va uh, Valentine? Of what group was he? Was he... Uh, it was under Claudius II, so they had different nationalities than we have today. Uh, you couldn't say, you know, that he, he was from Pittsburgh or anything like that. So uh, it was under Claudius II. Now, the question arises now. This, this is what I have to ask now. Okay, we know about uh, Valentine. He was in prison in the 2nd century. No, that would be the 3rd century, wouldn't it? 240, yeah. He was in prison, and the current uh, boss was Claudius II. By the way, there's been a lot of novels written about him. He's pretty famous, too. I, Claudius, and all the rest of it. And uh, so that was an exciting time, right, about that period. That was the time when, when the ancient gods were tumbling, incidentally. Uh, that was a period of great unrest, and a lot of people were in the slam, just pretty much like our time. And uh, ancient concepts were dying, which meant paganism. By the way, paganism was coming back. Have you noticed how many television shows these days seriously now take witchcraft as a serious thing? In fact, there was one the other night where they were all on this airliner, uh, these people. Did you hear about that? And apparently there was a druid stone ab aboard. It was a, a druid, uh, uh, a druid uh, altar, sacrificial altar, was being transported in this plane. And, of course, uh, the, the evil spirit of the darkness uh, of hell and the devil and evil began to take over the plane, and they had to they had burnt offerings. They even offered a sacrificial offering to the gods on the plane. Yeah, and the happy ending came when dawn came, and they had quelled the evil spirits. And uh, Chuck Connors flew the plane, the 747, to safety. Uh, <laughs> now that's pretty interesting. Yes, so we just received the official word from the diocese. Saint Valentine was a saint. I presume he is still a saint. Is he still an accredited saint? You know, there have been some changes recently. Um, yeah, remember uh, that Saint Christopher was uh, was taken off the official list. So I guess Saint Valentine is still a saint. 
Uh, you, well, you'd have to. There'd have to be something there with the doves and all. That, uh, that's quite a quite a thing to pull off. But uh, nevertheless, uh, here it is now. It's it's 1973, and uh, we're still talking about Saint Valentine, or at least you know every time you walk past uh, uh, you walk past a candy store, uh, you walk past uh, Barasini's, and they got his name all over the window there. Now I don't know whether any of the clerks working in there <laughs> know that they're paying homage to a to a third century saint. I doubt it. I mean, you know, all these chocolate hearts and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I just wonder at what point did uh, did Valentine's Day become a a holiday? You know, that people celebrate. Now that's a good question. Robert Burns, Robert Louis Stevenson. W.H. Auden. I mean, this has been fantastically cultural. You won't get this kind of stuff with Ed McMahon and Johnny Carson. I can tell you that. No way. You won't even get this with Barry Farber. This is the real thing here tonight. And uh, so that concludes tonight's salute to Barracini Chocolates and uh, other cultural uh, artifacts of our time. And a happy Valentine's Day to you out there. And, uh, you know... It's been kind of nice. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.